Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Friends, we are in the season of Lent, and here on the Together for Good podcast, during Lent, we are talking to individuals about their faith journey. Today, I sit sit down with Brian Jaster. Remember him? He's been on lots of times before. And Brian shares a little bit with us about some key moments in his journey of faith that led him to this point in time where he is the director of faith formation here at Bethany Lutheran Church. And so in this conversation, as with all of these uh, faith journey conversations, I not only get to talk with Brian and hear about the different steps along the way, but then we get to discuss together some of the major themes that pop up. I hope that listening to Brian's story can connect with your story in some way and that our conversation about these different theological and themes of faith uh, can inspire you in different ways as well, give you new insights as you journey this Lenten season. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support of the podcast. Go ahead, head to iTunes and leave us a review or a rating that does help other people find the podcast and feel free to share it with family and friends, especially during this Lenten season when folks are looking for new ways to engage their walk of faith. These can be a great thing uh, to pass along to folks. You can listen to it while you drive into work, uh, while you wash the dishes, as you go on a run uh, outside, anything like that. So please, uh, we really appreciate your continued support of the podcast and sharing it with others like this. But now I turn it over to Brian Jester as he shares with us his faith story. Hey, everybody. I'm here with your favorite director of faith formation, Brian Jaster. <laughs> Brian, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Honored as you know, <laughs> all that we're, gawking, we're listening to people's faith stories. Um, who better to talk about his faith story than Brian Jaster? I'm sure you've got some interesting pieces for it. And you're always so insightful, Brian. So let's just start there. Well, I mean, where, where do you want to start as you talk about your faith journey? How does one end up as a director of faith formation in Denver, Colorado? Well, the answer to that question is is honest one is honestly that I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about faith that simply is we are not in control. I am not mm. the master of the universe of my own days and times and life. Faith means surrendering ourselves to God, to the people of God, to forces in the reality that's beyond ourselves, and trusting that God's grace and life and love is in it and for us and for the world, and that's going to be enough. Um, I so, love that. I love like, And just to, to pick on that real quick, too, one of the things I like to do is I'm going to interrupt you a lot, just so you know, because it's, there's so many little good insights that we can pick out. And right, like talking about faith is trust, I think is something mm-hmm. we often miss, and we think that faith needs to be certainty. We get so scared if we have doubts yeah. or if we have questions. I just did a you know a little lesson for some of our elementary school kids last night about asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's about trust. It's about surrender at a point. That it, it's literally there in the word. I have faith mm-hmm. that this will happen. I have faith in something bigger than me. Yeah, the the phrase I was thinking about this morning when I was thinking about this doing this podcast was um, that we see, you know, through a mirror or through a glass dimly, and yeah. one day we get to see face to face. There's something about faith that's a it's both knowing and unknowing. Ooh. It's it's seeing Jesus face to face and knowing the way of God, knowing what the kingdom of God looks like, and it's also deep unknowing that God's mysteries and actions and activity and our part in that is unknown and beyond ourselves. And that and, and grace is part of it all. It's all gift. Um mm-hmm. and all that. So that's yeah, I, I think that first thing I would say about faith is it's both something that we know and it's a gift that's freely given. And it's something that is always beyond ourselves, yeah. always outside of ourselves. And um, 
so yeah, so I, I'm so gonna, good. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about like three little quick things I think if we can on, on this about it. And the first is that um, faith is made whole in community. <laughs> and here's my first story about that. Um, I've got a lot of little people in my life that um, have helped me see and know the way of trust, the way of Jesus in their own ways, their own imperfect, beautiful ways, um, parents and family and others. But one person that is essential to me is a guy named Dan Schultz. And when I was in high school... Didn't he write the Peanuts comic strip? Yeah, right. right. Not him? It's not him. Okay. <laughs> but, but Dan Schultz was a unique character. He is the one that had the Cheeto-stained shirt, holding the Coors Light can in one hand and a pair of tongs in their hand. He led the roadkill grill at Mount Carmel Luther Church. <laughs> and they fire up the roadkill grill during the late service, and we would smell the, 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 the smells of, you know, burnt animal, whether it was pig or cow or whatever out there. And I come out of worship, and Dan would always see me. He would always yeah, yeah. see me. And that's important over the next eight years of my life, four years of high school, four years of college, that Dan was there at the roadkill grill, and Dan would always see me. Faith was made whole in community, and Dan was the one that would see me. And he'd be clapping his metal tongs together with his cores in their hands. He'd say, Brian, come here, sit down. And he'd always see me, sit with me, and talk to me. And he asked questions in ways that my dad did not. Because mm-hmm. Dan was rough around the edges. He swore a lot, he drank a lot, and he ran that roadkill grill, and it was his show. But he always saw me. He'd say, Brian, do you have a girlfriend? Brian, how's your prayer life? Brian, are you going to go to college? Why or why not? Brian, what do you love about whatever, right? And he'd always ask, and he always was persistent. But the thing that Dan showed me in all that, in the rough little human that he was, was that Jesus was very important. Huh. And that you were very important. And that I was very important. As yeah. I said, Dan always saw me, and he taught me, too, that Jesus always saw me. Uh-huh. With love and grace and how Jesus would show up. And he may not have been theologically articulate, or he definitely didn't have the words. But seriously, when I got into college, Dan was one of the people that after I got kicked out of a campus ministry and I was in a really dark space, he sat with me one day and actually told him that story. So faith is really made whole in a community and faith is made whole in that community because that community embraces us in our weakness and in our strength. And Dan did both. I mean, he saw me at my best moments. I'd be like, Dan, oh, I just, you know, I got an A in my exam or what, right? What are all that stuff? And he'd celebrate that. And then he was also there after many, many times when there was a couple of moments where I was truly in my worst space. Yeah. And I, I felt like I had no faith. I was worthless, helpless, hopeless, and all that. So faith has made a whole community. So, And, I mean, just listening to that, too, as a, you said it was mainly like high school and college years, too. That's yeah. often a time, I, I mean, when people just want to be treated, you know, like really seen, treated like adults and yep. not just as, as props or, you know, like, yep. oh, like there's the kids program. But he made you feel important mm-hmm. and special just for being you, mm-hmm. just for showing up. And I'm sure at age 13... That was amazing. And, and it's funny, you know, like just hearing, i give you this compliment too. Like I see that you do that for so many of the people here at Bethany. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you view that as a real part of your calling and what you do here, what you have to bring is just like showing up at a kid's play recital, showing mm-hmm. up at a kid's band concert, sporting event, really seeing them and being there for them. So it's really neat mm-hmm. to see how you can pay that forward. Yeah, and that everybody, 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 everybody has power. Every adult has power to love a young person because Jesus loves that young person as the full human they are. Mm. And when you do that with the own weakness of self that you are, it's it's significant. Why am I so excited about mentoring for Lent and for new relationships getting built with our middle school people? Because everybody 
every middle school student gets to seen by an adult, and they get to see an adult, and they in that time they get to know that Jesus sees them as they are right now, as a full human, full child of God, not somebody that's on their way, not somebody that's imperfect, but is full and significant and valued. Um, and if nothing else happens in Lent, right, I want that one thing to happen that faith is made whole in community for those people, and for the adults who have get the unexpected, suspected gift of having a young person who knows them and loves them too. Um, so that's one. So. And I, I th- I'm thinking this will lead into some of the other pieces you want to cover. But you really did. I was gonna, let, you know, bring that. Let us bring that point to a conclusion. Uh-huh. You kind of glossed over this whole like when I got kicked out of this campus ministry. You, you sort of just threw that in there. Yeah, sounds like that was a part of your faith journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the funny thing about my faith journey is that I, I think I'm here in this moment because I'm so weak, and because I've had so many mistakes and failures and things that hurt, and that was one. Um, I, my, the first people I met when I started college were from this campus ministry on campus, um, and they were awesome. And that was my whole life for a year and a half. I was part of a small group of guys. There were staff people that took care of me, and I met with for pizza once a week. We did service projects together. We did worship together every week on Tuesday nights. Like, it was a huge, huge thing. And um, I come from a science family, and my dad was a scientist, a dairy science professor at the university. And I've always loved science and inquiry and questioning discovery. Well, it turns out that my favorite class, my second year of college, was an evolutionary biology class taught by this superstar faculty guy. It was amazing. I was so excited. When I talked about this with my small group, um, crickets. And I had no idea. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, hey, no, no, he's so great. Like, da-da-da-da. Crickets. Well, the next thing I knew, a couple of those guys went to the staff person and complained about me that I believed in, in science and I believed in evolution and we, we can't have that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a problem. I didn't know why. And I still don't on some levels, let's be honest. But so what happened after many, many weeks was that I got to sit down with the staff member. And he said, okay, here's the deal. You need to change your mind about two things. One is a female cannot be the lead staff person of this campus ministry, which I know you want. And two, you got to change your mind about evolution because it's a lie. And if you don't change your mind about this, thing, you need to leave. And that hurt, serious hurt and pain. Yeah. That was absolute trauma because that was my people. And I knew nobody else. I didn't have friends in my major. I kind of lost touch with my home church a bit, you know, that I'm a Rogue Hill girl, wasn't quite as connected with there. And that was, and I remember the day because it was right before exam week in my second quarter of college. And that final exam week and then the week after, like, you know, it was Christmas break time. That was the darkest time I I experienced at that point in my life. It was absolutely like. And for someone who had already had this experience of faith being made whole in community, Right, because like, you, you, you were seeing pieces of that and learning that from yep. Dan Schultz growing mm-hmm. up in your church. And, and then so to go off to college, mm-hmm. to, and your, your faith was made whole in community at first, yeah. and then you got kicked out of the community. I really did. And for something that I'm sure was just mm-hmm. bizarre. You know, like it's, you didn't feel like you had done anything wrong. Yeah. And, and you had it, you know, like it, let, let's be clear for those listening too, is that um, you can believe in science and still be a person of faith. <laughs> yeah, and like that's been huge, like for me ever since. Right. And so many levels. I mean, huh. I tell stories about butterflies and about you know the kind of evolutionary things we learned about butterflies and how it affects how we care for them right now. Like all kinds of things with all ages of people. I've heard your butterfly talk. Yeah. Yeah. So one. like all these good things one. matter so much, and when you have science fit together, it's just a beautiful thing, right? So that was hard. Um, and so like the very thing I care about, that was the pain point in there that, that, that the very community I trusted in. And again, I was only nineteen and a half years old then, right? Like. That was tough. Yeah. Um, and I was lost. Um, and so um, I don't even know how I get to the next thing. I wanted to talk about that. But but that, you know, that faith is something that because it's a gift, I felt like I had none of, none of at that moment. Yeah. 
I really thought I was done. Like, Christian church sucks. I suck. God hates me. That's what I believed. Oh, wow. So in, you in internalized a lot of that. Absolutely. So I thought they were right, and I was wrong. Because those are the people I trusted, and I said they must be right. They're kicking me out because I was the problem. And yet, in the same sense, you couldn't bring yourself to, you know, just turn your back on science altogether. You no. Nope. Couldn't, you couldn't no. bring yourself to do what they were asking. No, no. But you still internalized it and felt like something was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, a lot going on there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was complicated. There was a lot going on there, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, I, I still hang on to that story, obviously, and I want to remember it when I'm in NFA people because I don't want to be the person that shows someone that they're not enough and they don't belong. And that's hard because I know I've done it. I don't know that I did it or not, but that's I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. Like, yeah, well, okay, it's, it's the anti-Dan Schultz. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I really believe, and we really believe on some level, that God's grace is always enough and always what we never deserve, always freely given, and that's the only thing that can create faith. Yeah. The only thing that can create, create trust in God is because that Jesus has created mm. and has shown us love and love beyond love and grace beyond love grace, that. and there's nothing to ever separate us from it. And so I have, I hate to be the stumbling block that gets in the way of that. And I know I do it. Sure. Um, but that would be the, one of the things I just wanted to say is that, you know, my journey of faith is that God's grace is fully and freely given over and over again. And that's been enough to help me find some kind of trust in God. And I've always been amazed by how that's happened. I've had moments in the pandemic where I have found no tools and no sense of what future and leadership can look like. And that God's grace has created a kind of faith that allows me to find something. And, and the specifics are all, you know, all over the map, right? But that has been true. So, so for, if number one is faith has made a whole community, certainly a number two is that God's grace is always in that creates faith. And that's always a gift that's freely given over and over and again. So when you think you have no faith, just wait. Hmm. Just hang in there. Something of the relentless ways of the kingdom of God, of the great Romans 8 that says, you know, that God's love there is nothing that can ever get in the way because God's love in Christ Jesus is always. I like that too because I think, you know, coming back to the theme of faith, we don't often, there's often this sense of it's something that we have to achieve, mm-hmm. right? Like that you have to be smart enough, be good enough in order to be a person of faith. And what I really hear you saying is like, no, it, it starts with God's grace. It ends with God's grace. Mm-hmm. And faith is kind of just the, the, the byproduct of grace, if mm-hmm. you will. When we really recognize and understand what God has done for us, that's what creates faith within us. It's just over and over and over again, and it's all the little details of life. I mean, just think about breathing. As an asthmatic, hmm. I am very well aware of the things that make me want to stop breathing and the moments that will happen. When people smoke cigarettes around me or here in Colorado. Wildfires. We got, we got <laughs> wildfires or marijuana. <laughs> Right? I'm sensitive to how, what a gift each breath can be. Yeah. I mean, just think about the, the billions of neurons in your body and the firing and the wiring of those. And when one goes wiry and the havoc that plays in your life, think of the great gift that your body is. The great gift of breathing, the great gift of, of walking, the great gift of thinking. All of these are grace. And all of these create a faith that allows us to trust in God that we actually can serve and love ourselves our neighbors in the world. Love it. And that's, that is such a big deal. <laughs> and that is such a big deal in our world that thinks it's falling apart, that we can't trust one another and all the division that we have. I mean, today, 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 Russia as a nation is truly trying to bomb into oblivion another country. Mm-hmm. 
What a great gift faith can be when it allows us to see our enemies as our friends and brothers and sisters. And how, what a gift is that Jesus gives us that way forward. But yet what a challenge is in our moment. Things tear mm. us apart, rip us apart. Faith is the glue. Faith is the thing that holds together. It is the priceless gift that is freely given. That is what grace acts and creates in the world. <sighs> Think about this as an image for you. If you're in, in the, any body of water, there's a thing you can do to float. It's called the, the back float. The back float. The only way you can do that and to float is to say increasingly surrender to the water that you will float. The more you struggle, the more you wrestle, the more, the more you, you sink. try to do, you will sink. I just took my kids to swim lessons. Preach, yes. man. Yeah. <laughs> there is something about faith that's increasing surrendering to the fact that God will give you grace and hold you up. Yeah, yeah. And that might even be my third thing in a sense, that faith is that increasing surrendering as an act and as a posture to the life of the ways of Jesus. That when I'm shown an enemy, faith means increasingly shown into the reality that, okay, Jesus wants me to love this enemy who hates me back and to find a way. And so how have you been, right, you've kind of been drawing us through, just thinking about your journey. Yeah. Dan Schultz. Yep. The struggle in college with campus ministry. Mm-hmm. Where, where did it go from there, right? Like, how does it end you well, up at this point? How did you get out of that dark place, yeah. come to this place of beautiful surrender? I did have a time of forgiveness with that staff member at the end of my senior year, two years later. And sometimes I like to say out loud and don't do it, but in this case, without forgiveness, there is no future. I think that was Desmond Tutu who said that. Um, but in this case, that was a big deal because now I can remember that campus ministry differently, that mm. they do have good absolutely evil because I hated them for it and I harbored a huge grudge. Faith allows us to do hard things like that and experience the wonder that forgiveness is and new life is. Um, so was that kind of your path too, though? I, yes. You were in this like dark space. Yep. You said you were turning a lot of anger in on yourself. Mm-hmm. But then somewhere along the way, you kind of turned it outward towards that campus ministry. Absolutely, that yeah. And th- that and discovering a different community um, that of a very small number of people who, who brought me out of the darkness. One little question, one little doubt, one little anger mm. and hurt. At a time, and that was a lot of a, a lot of days with a lot with with about seven or eight people who did this little teeny tiny um, campus ministry that I actually found in the meantime was supportive of my home congregation, but didn't even know it at the time. Oh, wow. I stumbled my way into them, um, and that really cemented my relationship with my home congregation again in college too, which was a big deal because those same people I knew in high school, Dan Schultz and others, were there when I was in college, which is a, a rare thing. Absolutely. Not everybody experienced that. Yeah, they yeah. have to move away, or whatever. Um, but that was a big deal, especially my junior and senior year. Um, to have that and then to have being a camp counselor as a part of my experience, which completely turned up my whole life upside down and inside out. Um, a whole host of things happened in there that, again, when I talk about faith as... Um, well, faith the, being made whole in the community. Made whole in community and then the in, um, increasing surrender to things outside of ourselves we don't understand. I did not know what was going on in terms of life and vocational decisions for about a two-year period. I had no idea. But there were other people that did and they held me in it. Oh, and that's I, cool. And I was a right. mess. I was a mess. Yeah, yeah. Trying to figure out, well, am I really going to be a scientist doing, you know, cell membrane research for, for life? Or am I going to do something else? Because I love working with the kids now. And I discovered that at camp. And I do love Jesus. Where is this going? Just kind of stumbling your way forward. And mm-hmm. then you sort of see in the retrospect. Absolutely. Okay, that's, always, that's my experience, too, very much. So just mm-hmm. kind of seeing, like, oh, my gosh. Like, God was kind of putting this piece here and this piece here. And I, I didn't recognize and connect the dots. Mm-hmm. But now as I look back. There's this incredible through line that includes people, right? Like kind of supporting and guiding me along the way 
to these different stations and mm-hmm. you know and then you arrive you're like wow this is amazing to see yeah i mean so big picture to answer your question like why am i here in this moment in 2022 yeah i guess and i haven't really necessarily said it clear, clearly and, and, and shortly before but the truth is i'm here and i serve this community because i get to discover those three things happening that faith is made whole in community i get to ch- create spaces where that happens the faith is an act of increasing surrender and considering others as better than ourselves. Mm. And that's our continual work of humility together. And that grace is at the cornerstone, that God's love that's freely given creates faith and a space for everybody to discover and to journal it together. And that doubts and wonder and the mystery that we are not in charge and don't know where things are going is always part of it. Um, and that because I've lived that journey, I guess I can lead that journey and be part of it. Um, and that when I do that, I. I I can't help but say, this is what the way of Jesus looks like. I mean, the disciples of Jesus were held by a Jesus who had a vision of a beautiful, loving world built on compassion and trust in God and one another that they did not understand. Mm-hmm. And he brought them on that journey and was willing to die for that journey and rise from the dead for that journey and that way of life, for all of creation, for the whole thing, for every language and creed and tribe and color and everything in it. And that I get to be a little teeny part in that is pretty stinking cool. Yeah, and I mean, and it just ties all your points together too of like, it also is so amazing that it's kind of beyond actual intellectual ability to grasp, right? Like there's, oh. there's a mystery and there's an unknowing. Absolutely. That's a part of all that you just said that's like, wow. This is a big cosmic plan that somehow I'm a part of in a small way. How, like, yeah. <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> Last night, we did prayer stations with middle schoolers. Yeah. I kind of had an idea how it would go. But as we um, talked about the evening, and I just asked them, what stations wowed you? What did you discover? Listening to the eighth grade boys talk about how excited and deeply moved they were blew my mind. <laughs> Listening to the girls talk about journaling and but two of them said, we could have just sat there for 10 hours and just wrote and wrote and wrote to God. Isn't that cool? I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's cool. So like, <laughs> like, like we planned this stuff, right? And I kind of had an idea, but yet all of that stuff I had no idea about. So I, I guess that what I want to say is that faith is a wonder and a priceless gift that is this vibrant, active, beautiful, created thing of, of trusting that God has for us and us for God and us for, and us for each other. Um, and that is simply enough and then yet more than enough. Love it, Brian. So, so good. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. this with us, but yeah. also just sharing all of your wisdom and passion with the people here at Bethany and, and elsewhere too. I know you, you do ministry in all sorts of different yeah. places and it is a, a gift to know you, a gift to get to work with you mm. um, and to share all this journey of faith together. Appreciate yeah. it, Brian. Back at you. So the gift and, and you, dear listeners, you too, may you experience the priceless gift that God's gift of faith and love is for you today. Stay in peace, everyone.